You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Do you guys have a date yet for Christian Derrissaw in, in terms of practicing when he might be able to return? Yeah, good question. Uh, I know that uh, Wednesday he's going to try and work into some individual stuff and start moving from there. And we'll just have to see how he, how he progresses. And welcome into a bonus scoop episode. We do this every Tuesday. Zolgad, uh, our guy Doogie, of course, from Channel 5 Eyewitness News and Scoop fame with Score North. Declan Goff, uh, executive producing in such great fashion as he always does. And Declan just played a soundbite from what I would consider to be when it comes to his uh, rookie left tackle, Darren Christian Derrissaw, a beleaguered Mike Zimmer talking about the guy that clearly he was told would be able to um, uh, start on opening day and now clearly can't. But let's uh, let's actually start here, though, not at the depressing left tackle. Let's start at a right tackle Uh, because the Harrison Smith contract extension, which was not a big surprise, got done about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. Uh, Now that that is done, Brian O'Neill, who we have talked about and you've talked about in particular quite a bit, um, his rookie contract is coming up. He's the exact type of guy the Vikings like to sign to a nice extension. Where do things stand as we near week one Sunday, Bengals-Vikings, when it comes to Brian O'Neill and a potential contract extension? Judd, I can see it getting done. I mean, this is typically the week that deals get done. Not to say that talks can't take place late September, October, November, back end of the regular season. But oftentimes, if extensions get done, they get done before kickoff of week one, not just the Vikings. I mean, go across the league. I mean, I expect to see a handful of extensions this particular week. Yeah, Jed, I'm led to believe it's going to happen. Now, can I, like, tell you with 100% certainty it'll happen this week? I guess I'm not quite to that point. But I've said all along, I mean, Jed, I told you a few weeks ago, I thought both would get done, Smith and O'Neal, mm-hmm. and that I felt more confident on O'Neal. Well, Smith got done. If you look at the template that is sitting there for O'Neal, his representation, Rob Brzezinski, it's pretty clear. I mean, the Colts extended a right tackle. The Saints extended a right tackle. The Panthers extended a right tackle. Now, the Saints guy, the former Badger, Ramchek, he's in a different category. But if you look at the Colts guy, if you look at the Panthers guy, like there's a happy medium there. Maybe he's not quite the Colts guy, Smith but slot him in right underneath that. I don't think it's a really difficult contract to knock out. I agree, and and it, it makes sense, too. I mean, he has played really well, deserves it, and it is in the Vikings' 
um, background, it seems, to extend guys. Now, now it's like the Saturday before the season starts. I go back to the Peterson contract extension, the, the year that they opened in uh, against the Chargers in San Diego last year, right? Dalvin Cook. So it does seem, and and the thing to be to uh, keep in mind too, the Harrison Smith contract is more of a, it looks like it's four years, but it's more of a short term. You're going to get a raise immediately. You might not be here in two or three years. Uh, the O'Neill contract will be a, a solid, probably five-year contract uh, th- that they have every intention of him playing out. So, like, the pieces of the contractual puzzle, I guess, is the best way to put it, all fit together perfectly here uh, for him to get an extension, perhaps create some cap room as well, and I think both sides would probably walk away from that satisfied with it. I mean, he's a homegrown guy. You know, they felt really confident when they drafted him a few years ago in the second round. He's met, in many ways, exceeded their internal expectations. He's a solid teammate. Like, I've never heard a bad word about Brian O'Neill, right? Like, there's right. there's no issues. Like, even with Harry, you never hear anything. as much as Jim loves him, like, he's not vaccinated, right? right? I mean, that's that's a thing with Smith. Like, you don't – there's just – I don't have any reason to like bring up anything to knock O'Neal. Like he is so beloved internally. It just, I'm telling you, Judd, I see it happening. And you know, with just so many deals happening this week, I guess if you said, Hey, bet one way or another, I guess I would say, yeah, it probably happens this week, not later in the season. Now let me go back to the Zimmer quote, the soundbite you played as we started the podcast. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. When is the logical time, you know, unless Rashad Hill gets hurt or he fails miserably, when is the logical time to make that change? What sort of reps can Darisaw get in practice to prepare him? Would you make the change during the bye week, which is what, October 24th? Yes. But then you play the Dallas Cowboys coming out of the bye. Yes. Do you really want Darisaw lining up against Lawrence? Their stud pass rusher for his first NFL starts are like, I'm struggling to find the logical game where you say, okay, let's make that move. Rashad Hill, you're once again a backup. Christian, it's time for you to go in and play. Well, first of all, Dukes, the Vikings, and it's not on purpose, but they are asking Rashad Hill to bite off a lot here. Like, he's going to have some quality players, and he's a backup. Like, I mean, that's his, that's his role. He is a backup. He is not, this is not a, oh, you can play left tackle. It's going to be fine. This is, in my opinion, a very much fingers crossed. And here's the other part of the conundrum, too the left side of the offensive line. So, Kirk's blind side is now being protected by a backup. And and Ezra Cleveland, who was a left tackle in college, okay, that's cool, that's fine, was moved to right guard then and did pretty well, but that was like compared to Drew Samia, right? And now he's playing left guard for the first time. So I think with Darisaw, if you can get him practicing again and he looks like he can play that spot, and that is the one thing. They drafted him with a week one start in mind. So I don't I don't know that, that the people above Zimmer are going to have a lot of patience for, you know, well, he's a rookie, he shouldn't play. Uh, this is not a third-round pick. This is not Wyatt Davis. This is not Kellen Mond. This is a first-round drafted 23rd overall left tackle. So I'm with you. The bye week makes some sense here. 
But if he can start to practice now, and, and Dukes, the most enlightening thing and sort of potentially scary thing that Mike said in the press conference from which that clip came was that since he was drafted, Christian Derrissaw's participated in four practices. What he didn't say is those were mini camp practices. He hasn't participated in one. So like this whole thing to me, um, we could sound the alarm much more than we're doing because I don't know if it's going to work with Derrissaw not playing and Rashad Hill playing. What's amazing, Judd, is three months ago, I thought they came out of the draft with a starter at left tackle week one, with a starter at right guard week one with Wyatt Davis. Neither guy is starting on Sunday. Now, maybe Wyatt Davis can get in sooner rather than later, but I don't think that's anytime real soon. Yeah. And if you look at the totality of the rookie class, what rookie makes an impact this year? I mean, I guess if I had to say somebody, maybe it's Davis. You know, you bank on maybe some sort of injury situation. Davis ends up going in there. But, like, I don't say that with any level of confidence. There may not be a rookie from a double-digit draft class, right? 10, 11, you might know the exact number. But it was 15 last year, and I think digits, it was, like, right? 11 this year. Yeah. Yeah, yep. double digits. Like, I'm not quite sure there's one there where you're like, okay, that guy is going to make an impact this year. Yeah, and the Darisoff thing, make no mistake, is a major problem. Like, that's not uh oh, it's too bad. They don't have anyone behind. They, they considered the position addressed on draft night. So this is not a, a well, we, we took him in the third round, and we're going to play this guy. This is a, oh, my God. Um, And that's my point is we – we need to keep in mind the left side of the line is basically a new left side. Riley Reef, who, who they're, they're going to face, who's now the right tackle with the Bengals, played really well in 2020. And it's Kirk's blindside, which, oh, by the way, Kirk is not great at feeling blindside pressure. So like this, to say it's not a concern is, is to me, naive. It's a concern. Well, it's 100% a concern. Now, I think it could be worse. I think there are worse backup left tackles in the league than Rashad Hill. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, I mean, he had a few free agent suitors back in March, chose to come back here mm-hmm. to be a backup. So that's why it's a concern. When he re-signed here in March, it was to be a backup, not to start this game on Sunday against the Bengals. Then you think about some of the players they will face here just early in the, in the schedule. Trey Hendrickson, pass rusher, who the Vikings tried to sign. Had a very good year for the Saints last year. Yes. He is now a Bengal. You think about Chandler Jones. You think about Miles Garrett with the Browns. Week four. Just look at the early schedule. Look at the totality of the schedule, right, with the Bears and the Packers and the Ravens. We mentioned Lawrence. They have a bunch of good pass rushers on their schedule, but like a few hit them square in the face here early in, in the season. Hey, on um when we we had cuts, which was a week ago Tuesday now. So a week ago from when we're recording this, the final cuts were made. They used to be on the Saturday, and then things would speed up, and the season would start pretty quickly. Well, now it doesn't. And, and because you've got what essentially is a built-in bye week now, that allows players to leave and come back. And we're, we're starting to see some positive COVID tests come in because there's breakthrough cases. Uh, there's certainly things that are unforeseen. How concerned do you think the Vikings are about that? Because here's my problem, or he, here's the potential issue in my opinion. 
Um, if you have guys on the Vikings get breakthrough cases, you have some very high-profile players who aren't vaxxed, and if they're in close contact, the league can shut them down. And my contention is that the league's dying to do that. So so what's the concern as the Vikings uh, all regroup on Wednesday, tomorrow, for the full first full practice for the Bengals? What's the concern about that? Well, there certainly is concern. A lot of guys left town over the weekend. Now, let me remind everybody, if you are not vaccinated, if you're Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Tomlinson, Kirk Cousins, go up and down the list of Vikings who are not vaccinated, you need to test every 24 hours. I can tell you, Judd, I am aware of at least one of those players taking a private jet out of town over the weekend. And then, unfortunately, because of some plane issues, made it to town later than he was supposed to. But I don't know what the fallout from that is, Judd. I mean, it's not like there's any sort of suspension. There might be some sort of internal fine. My understanding is this player tested negative. But like all the research suggests, it's normally like five to six days after exposure, right? So, you know, if these guys were at college games, for example, on Saturday, it's more like Thursday or Friday, the fear of of some positive tests. And it's not just the Vikings, Judd. I mean, it's right. it's across the league because, like, I was watching Alabama-Miami, for example, on Saturday. A number of, of former Alabama players were right there on the sideline in Atlanta, right? So it's league-wide, but it's, it's certainly a concern. Zach Martin, correct me if I'm wrong, the Cowboys' very, very good offensive lineman. He is out for Thursday night's opener against the Buccaneers. I'm pretty sure he is vaccinated. He is. So we're seeing that it's now more and more yep. people. Yeah, well, we keep calling these cases breakthroughs. I don't know. I keep seeing them more and more, Judd. Oh, there's a lot of there's breakthrough cases. There's somebody in our building. Judd, there's somebody in our building right now. Yeah. Thankfully, she's she's okay. She is fully vaccinated. She tested positive the other day. I'm just oh. I'm hearing more and more of this, Judd, like on an almost daily basis mm-hmm. of knowing somebody or – you know, the sports world where, where they are fully vaccinated, yet they are testing positive. Now, the good news is I saw another study today in the New York Times that it's about like a one in a million chance, literally one in a million, that if you are fully vaccinated, of you ending up in the hospital because of COVID. Right, but you're still shut down. But you are still and, shut down in the world. And we're talking, the NFL, football, you are still we're talking shut football down. here, baby. We're talking availability here. That's the problem. I, I actually saw a quote. It was interesting from Tom Brady in the past couple days and his contention. And I think he's probably right. Dukes, his contention is that this season's going to be tougher because fans are back because people are circulating more, including players and public who, who are vaxxed, but still to, to your point, these breakthrough, and I use that in air quotes, I guess uh, these breakthrough cases are happening more and more. And so Brady's point is he actually thinks you're going to have more problems with players testing positive, And the league now is making it very clear. They're not going to delay games. They're not going to suspend games. They are going to play games. And so, you know, if Kirk cousins um, is close contact or test positive, on a Sunday, he's out. Like, he ain't playing, and they're not going to move that game to Tuesday. So this is going to be really intriguing, and and you have to think that there's going to be at least a few teams, if not more, whose seasons are directly impacted by this. Not injuries, but this. Yes, and as far as I know, Judd, the Vikings are still, you know, even with these 53-man rosters at least initially set here for week one, they're still pretty much rock bottom in terms of, of vaccination, right? So that is the fear when talking football of, 
of the close contact of of being shut down for five days. You can test negative, but because of the close contact, you are unavailable. I thought something else interesting from Tom Brady from that story was, did you see that that he's anti these these jersey yes. changes? That that he doesn't like all these defenders having these these single numbers or like Micah Parsons, yep. who he'll face on on Thursdays, like number eleven. That that he feels like you know from a blocking assignment standpoint, him calling out numbers at the line of scrimmage standpoint, mm-hmm. that all of a sudden having these guys wearing these different numbers is uh, is going to to impact him, and he thinks other quarterbacks. And he might not be wrong. He might not be wrong. Um, well, I mean, he'll adjust, but I'm just yeah, saying. I mean, it, I think he'll be okay. It's an interesting point. Yeah. Uh, Wol- well, Wolves news. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point, but like, if guys want to change numbers, like, so be it. Like Tom, you've got all week to prepare. You've had yeah. I just go back to the old time. Like, really, you can't remember Micah Parsons this number. You can't remember Jalen. Hey, Smith, he's looking for every competitive advantage number. he can get. Dukes, every yeah. competitive advantage. That's how you win Super Bowls. Uh, Wolves news. What's up? Well, you've got Gerson Rosas right now, Chris Finch, a number of players, not every player, but a number of players down in Miami this week for team workouts, for bonding. This is like back in about two years ago, like late August, early September of 2019. Remember, they all went down to the Bahamas. In fact, I remember, so that season, they end up they end up starting that season with a victory. Maybe Declan can look this up real quick if he's got a second. I think they opened up the 2019-2020 season against the Nets, or maybe it was like the second game against the Nets. Yeah, yes, and I remember that. the Wolves won that game. No, yep, the opener. And I remember post-game, Cat talking about the Bahamas not being a joke. That, Pecos River, man. You know, it's like the Vikings yeah. when Mike Lynn took them to Pecos <laughs> River. It's bonding. Yeah, but I suppose there's no real negative. If you can get most of the guys down there, you know, attempt to build up some Who's some paying for it? Glenn? Glenn well, or Lori? Chris Finch, I was with I was with Chris at the State Fair last week, so he told me D'Lo and Cat are are organizing this thing. So presumably they are footing the bill. I don't okay. think Glenn, after he footed the bill for the Bahamas, I don't think Glenn was footing another bill for something like this. So I think this is this is all D'Lo and Cat. So I mean, you can look at it from a positivity standpoint and say, okay, the two team leaders, you know, doing something, you know, like this is is a good thing. Now, I know, like, restricted free agent Jordan McLaughlin, who the Wolves do want back, but because he's technically not under contract, he's not going to Miami, right? Like, there's no reason to be playing five-on-five or three-and-three, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, potentially risk injury as you are an unsigned player. So he can do his training on his own in Southern California. But, like, I know he won't be there. They have another restricted free agent, Jared Vanderbilt. I am awaiting word whether, whether he will be there. He's really close with Cat and D'Lo. Like, he was in Louisville for, for D'Lo's basketball camp earlier this summer. So I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if Jared is down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he remains unsigned. Of the two, Vanderbilt is the bigger priority. And I still think they end up finding a happy medium on a, on a multi-year contract that he doesn't ultimately sign the, the qualifying offer. I know the talks are certainly ongoing on both fronts, but I think a deal is maybe closer this second on the Vanderbilt front, not the McLaughlin front. Interesting stuff. Uh, I, I believe you sat down late last week with Wild GM Billy Guerin. What did you find? 
find out. And let's just start because this is the question on the uh, tip of most people's tongues. Kirill Kaprizov, uh, who is still not signed, and there's been there's been hints that it's a done deal, and then it's not a done deal. What is the latest on the Wild Star Winger? Well, if it's a done deal, I think it would be news to Craig Leopold and some others high up in the Wild organization. Have they made you know offers? Sure. I mean, do they feel like they've made an offer that's plenty fair that Kaprizov should put pen to paper, sign, and hop on a plane here pretty quick to come back? the United States? Yeah. Do they still feel confident that that is eventually going to happen? Yeah. I continue to think that, that, you know, what's more interesting to me is what will the term look like? Not that, you know, whether a deal will get done or not. Right. It's for how many years. Right. You know, and I don't think it's going to be eight. You know, I don't think it's going to be seven, but like, can they, can they find a way to meet at five, not four, you know? And, and so that's to me, what's, what's interesting to, to keep an eye on, but certainly Bill was, uber confident that that a deal will get done. I also gleaned from our conversation that uh, he said his team is almost fully vaccinated as we continue this COVID dialogue, but in his words, there are still a couple stragglers. He didn't name names, but there's still a couple guys in that wild locker room that are not vaccinated quite yet, but he said a majority of his guys are vaccinated. Rookies report Next week. I know. And then training camp begins the following week. Like yes. Training camp They're is on the ice. I believe it's two weeks from today or maybe it's two weeks from tomorrow yep. for the start of training camp. Yep. Rookies report like next Tuesday or Wednesday. Like everything is happening really, really fast. Interesting. So on Kaprizov, here's here's my sense, Dukes. I think the reason why it's been reported that that um it's been agreed to, which it has not. I'm with you on that. I think the reason why is because the offer is there and I think it's sitting there and I don't think it's going to change uh, because you you brought up what makes this so intriguing to me. I don't think this has much, if anything, to do with actual dollars and cents. I think this has to do with term. And I think what's sitting in front of Carell is, is let's say, I think it's five years and approximately $9 million per and, I think that's yes, and, I agree with you on that. And my yeah. sense is the agent told Kirill, I'll get you less than five. And I don't know if he said three or four, but in Billy's defense, I mean, Kirill Kaprizov is not going to play clearly in Russia. In fact, that CSKA Moscow team said he's not coming back here. There's nowhere else to play hockey. So I think the done deal part is the deal is sitting right there, and the agent has to come to his senses and advise the kid. You're going to have to sign this, and that's what well, I think. The that's where I think the hangup lies. I think that's that's a fair assessment. I'll add that that Bill alluded to he's seen it in the past, even with really good players, that if they miss the start of camp, you know, they open up the preseason as soon as what October fourth. Oh, they start right to away. miss maybe a preseason game or two. Yep, but that has a direct impact. Maybe not over he did it. the course of an eighty-two game schedule, but maybe that first quarter. Of the season, so I thought yep. reading between the lines that was that was Bill's way of of maybe putting on a little public pressure, saying, "Hey, Kirill, we know we're going to get you done, so just sign the offer we have on the table. It's plenty fair for both sides. Mm-hmm. Let's get you back here to the United States. Let's have you on the ice when we start training camp in a couple of weeks." Yeah, I think uh, I think when Bill was playing for the Devils, I think he did that. I think he held out, and he, he told me that, and he yeah. came back yeah. and said that yeah. was not a good idea. That didn't Correct. work out too well. Yep. And even, I mean, didn't Fiala miss the start of yes. camp? 
a couple years in, ago. In the last couple of years ago, and it takes a toll. Yeah, it just it takes a little bit of time. I'm not saying it, it's got a a big time impact over over six months, but like that first, you know, twenty ish games, it just it it does. It it certainly takes some time for for guys to to just work through some things to get back to the to the peak level they're they're accustomed to. What did Bill say about the center ice position? One of which I think we all went into uh, the summer th- thinking it would be addressed for sure. And Christian Dvorak, who was a hot name out there for quite some time, just got traded from the Coyotes to the Canadians. And it's looking more and more like I don't I don't think they're going to make a splash there, which I did at one time. You know, we talked about Eichel months ago. I think that's gone now, too. Uh, from talking to Garen, what was your sense at that position, Dukes? Well, thanks to you, Jeb, because I texted you. Between us, you know infinitely more about hockey than I do. You cover the Wild way more closer than I do. So I texted you on Friday early afternoon saying, hey, I'm connecting with Bill in about an hour. You know, throw me a couple talking points, something that maybe I haven't written down. And you said, hey, ask him if he's still pursuing a centerman. So I said it very directly. I said, Bill, are you still pursuing a centerman, you know, specifically via trade? Yep. His first word was no. Then he gave me about a 25-second answer. But literally, the first word out of his mouth was no. He then went on to talk about Hartman and Bukestad and some others that that can, can play the center position that they're going to be okay. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't keep talking trade. You know, that can that can dip into October, November, December. He may assess things after 25 or 30 games and say, okay, we need to up that offer for X player, for Y player. So I'm not suggesting they're not going to make a move at all. But right now, yeah, nothing. I just I didn't get the sense anything is, is going to happen. I certainly don't have the sense that they were in on Dvorak. No, and I, I think that – so he, he got a – a first and second round pick went to the Coyotes in that trade, which is a high price to pay. Uh, I do get the sense more and more as this plays out, though, Dugues, that Marco Rossi, the first round draft pick, ninth overall pick in the 2020 draft, uh, is going to get every possible chance on God's green earth to make this club. Like, I think that's the goal. I think Well, that- and he spoke glowingly. I asked him about Rossi. Yeah. And he told me, you know, Marco is doing maybe better than ever, that, that he feels like he's in really, really good shape coming off that, that unfortunate lengthy COVID battle. But that Marco is, is in a really good spot right now. Like Bill's face, you know, I could see it kind of light up a little bit when I brought up Marco's name. So, yeah, that, that does make sense to me. How comfortable do you sense that he, he is about a blue line too? Because there's definitely been some alterations made there this in the past few months. Yeah, and I asked him about that. He thinks the blue line can be better than last year. Now, you know, is that him just, you know, I don't think he liked Ryan Suter very much, and so is that his way of saying, yeah, we'll be okay. We're not going to miss Ryan at all. You know, you can read between the lines of of that one, and and they're going to miss Susie as well, but he really feels like he's got his top three. We can debate whether, you know, Suter was – was in the top three or not, but he feels like Dumba, Brodeen, Spurgeon yeah. were his top three defensemen last year, that he's got his top three back this year, that he feels like Goligoski can be every bit as good, if not better, than Suter. And, yeah, they'll miss Cole too, but they have some other guys that can slide into those five and six roles, and they just added, you know, Ben the other day, a guy that's got a chance. Maybe he's more like the seventh defenseman, but right. he feels like they've got some guys, but he really feels like what Goligoski added to his top three the blue line will be just fine. And I'm telling you, Judd, in his words, 
he feels like the blue line can be better this year than it was last year. That is a definite shot across the bow at 20. There is no question about 100%. that. 100%. That is, uh, that, yes. That's what yes. Zim likes to do with yes. Kirk. Yes. I'm not going to say that much. That was of, it. Yes. You know, I mean, can we be better quarterback? Oh, I'm sure we can be. I mean, Help me with this, though. When you really think about it, yeah. Suter's background, Garen's background, wouldn't you think those two would see eye to eye in many ways? You know, Team USA, the grittiness. I, yeah. I don't know. Just when I really think about it, I'm like, where did that relationship go sideways? And I've got my thoughts on that. I don't think Ryan was real happy when, when Paul Fenton got let go. Right. So it could have been anybody coming in, and, and Ryan wasn't going to be real happy. But I'm just I'm, I'm trying to – I'm trying to figure out just where exactly those two just, they butted heads. Here's my guess. I can't really nail it down. Here's my guess. Ryan was and had been for a long time a a locker room lawyer. And Bill Guerin is a former captain and was all in with team, I think. And I think that's where they didn't see. Bill Guerin's a, a, a bright hockey guy, but I don't think that he was a locker room lawyer type and look at like where he played those devils teams were really disciplined and i don't think there was a lot of bs there and i mean that's the one thing where i think it went sideways fairly quickly with both parisi and Suter, right like it went sideways as far as their control and i think garen saw that and said to himself this ain't gonna work and he and he's right but i mean i don't know if i would say that Goligoski is going to be a great replacement for Suter. I mean, that's that might be pushing it, but I'm not surprised he said that. Yeah, I mean, I think Dallas got a good player, a very motivated. Oh, yeah, Ryan very motivated. Suter. Yeah, I think I think he'll have a good run down in Dallas. Maybe not for, for the length of, of, what, the four-year contract, but at least for a couple years. Like, I would bank on Ryan having a nice productive run down there. Yeah, and, you know, if you're asking me, you know, more novice hockey guy, but you're asking me for next year, would I rather have Suter or Goligoski? Yeah, give me give me Ryan Suter. But yeah, I'm positive. Locker room chemistry, when baby. Billy said that. I'm telling you, I'm positive, Judd. When when Bill said our blue line can be even better this year, it was. It was an indirect shot at the Of course 20. it is. Of yes. course it is. Go for football. What's going on with uh with guys b- being hurt? I, I think we got definitely bad news on one guy, but it sounds like from what you told me before we started recording, there's good news on the safety. Yeah, Jordan Howden, the safety, should be okay. I was over on campus on on Monday. Certainly, P.J. Fleck went on the record acknowledging that. But, yeah, just even, you know, behind the scenes, it it certainly sounds like Howden will be all right. Now, when he went out on Thursday, they missed him a ton. You just – you saw the the lack of of depth in the secondary, and that certainly has an impact on on how often you might blitz or not blitz. But, yeah, thankfully for them – uh, Howden will be okay. Chris Altman, Bell, I still think September 18th is more reasonable to circle and say, okay, like that's a game, that game at Colorado, where maybe we see, you know, close to 90-ish percent of the old Chris Altman, Bell. And again, like, I guess I wouldn't be shocked. He wasn't in uniform on Thursday. But like I told you guys in this segment last Tuesday ago, don't expect anything from Chris Altman, Bell on Thursday night. And right. it turns out, he wasn't even in uniform or maybe had his jersey on to go out for, for the coin flip, but he didn't even play. He wasn't out there even as a decoy. And I said maybe at best he'd be a decoy. I think it's going to be a comparable situation this week. Now, maybe he is in pads and maybe he can get out there and maybe get a target or two. But, like, I'm just saying, Gopher fans, do not expect this Saturday to see the old 
Chris Altman Bell. I think that will slowly ramp up beginning on September 18th. And that's an ankle you said, is that right, Doogie? Not a knee, is that correct? Yeah, and I guess I won't be shocked if if it's more of the high ankle. Oh, yeah, that variety. keeps you out. And, and so that, that, takes, that takes a little bit longer. I still think the Gophers are going to be okay, even minus Mo Ibrahim. The schedule's still somewhat favorable. Uh, they haven't lost a non-conference game under P.J. Fleck. I still think they can win the three non-conference games, Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio, Colorado. They have Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue, Illinois, Maryland. Wisconsin might not portion of their schedule. Wisconsin might not be as good as, as we thought, and I think they might have picked the wrong quarterback. Jack Coleman, well, great for... In, yeah, for one game. Yeah, Jack Coleman, really, yeah, really, really good. And yeah, I mean... And we even saw at times last year, outside of that Illinois game, like, what if you looked at Graham Mertz and said, that's a great quarterback? And, hey, he was at a Gophers camp in high school. His dad played for the Gophers. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of interest in having Graham Mertz be a Gopher. P.J. Fleckenstaff had a, had a lot of interest in him in high school. But, like, I've never looked at him and said, oh, yeah, wow, he, he scares the you-know-what out of me. Even when, when Wisconsin won that game last year, that that yep. field goal game. It's not like Graham Mertz was was the reason why Wisconsin won that game. But Wisconsin still has the really really good defense. They just they don't have that stud running back that we're that we're so used to going back you know multiple decades. They just don't have that that one bell cow that guy that you're like okay that guy's going to be top three top four in the conference in in rushing. They've they just, always got they don't that, have guy. that guy. They always yeah. do too. But they don't, and maybe that guy emerges by November when when Wisconsin comes here. But yeah, based on one week, I mean, Iowa looks like the class of of the Big Ten West. The Gophers do have to go to Iowa this year, so if you're circling kind of the key game on the schedule, mid November, Gophers at Iowa. But like, yeah, the Big Ten West. I don't think you look at the Big Ten West and say, oh no, right. curl up in the fetal position. I mean, the Gophers, everything's in front of them. If if you want to go with that cliche, they can still. They can still have a very, very successful season. Hey, with with Mo out, what's your assessment now, depth chart wise, of, of where this team is at that position? Well, and it stinks. I mean, if you look at that specific position, yeah, not the game of football or sports. You can look at Kevin Durant coming back from a torn Achilles, but when you look at that specific position, running back, Judd, find me. Go back, go back fifteen years. Find me one running back that tore his Achilles that came back to be the player he was pre-injury. Mm. I'm just telling you, Arian Foster, go up and down the list. There just there isn't a guy, and he's such an easy kid to root for. Like, it's so unfortunate of all the injuries right. for a running back. Like, that's the one you don't want a kid to, to sustain. Like, ACL, fine. You can come back from that. You can come back from a number of injuries. Just not not a torn Achilles. So that's that's the super, super unfortunate part. Trey Potts. Is certainly going to touch the ball enough. Cam Wiley, you know they've got a, a true freshman, Kai Thomas. Hey, Bryce Williams, back like three years He's ago. Still Bryce here. Williams. He's seventy-four years old. Had multiple one hundred yard games. He's, I feel like Bryce Williams has been here forever. He's my age. He never gets any love. Yep. Nobody ever talks about Bryce Williams. Yep. Yet he is very, very experienced. He's done it before at a high level. So I have to imagine Bryce Williams will also be mixed in a little bit more than he was on Thursday. Great stuff, Dukes. We'll talk to you Thursday, okay? Okay, sounds good, Judd. See you, Declan. Hey, was it the Nets, Declan? Did you look that up? I think it was. Yes, it was the Nets. Nets. It was the Nets. I remember yeah. it well. So go back go back post-game. Cat was citing that Bahamas trip. The Bahamas trip, trip was yeah. key. There's no the question Bahamas about it. Trip. Pecos River, baby. Yeah. See you, Dukes. Right. Bye. See ya. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.